Rigamortis. I'm Review Cultist. I'm Mikey. The E stands for evil. And we're here to discuss those internet stories, most creepy and most pasta, and be critically silly doing. Tonight we have a childhood memory. So a childhood memory is on creepypasta.wiki, and it's by Control-Alt-Delete. Okay, actually it was Curdle-Alt-Delete. The R was before the T in the Control abbreviation of Control-Alt-Delete. So, yeah, it's curdle alt delete. So, C R T L A L T D E L E T E. Curdle alt delete on creepypasta.wiki. Just wanted to get that correct for the show. Sorry for slowing down. Future me out. Yeah. Um, like that's just the usernames. Mm-hmm. But they've done a lot they've done a number of creepypastas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was apparently one of their first ones. Um, so then they apparently welcome uh, comments and critiques, so... They're gonna like this episode. Yeah, hang on, just... A, there we go. <laughs> um, this one was also suggested to us by one of my buddies, um, friend of the show, and uh, I can kind of tell why, and we'll get into that as we go. <laughs> I've got a whole section for it, in fact. Um, so, childhood memory is... Uh, our narrator... Do we get a name for the narrator? No, it's just Narrator Man. Just Narrator Man. Or, yeah, just Narrator Man. Um, or Spooky Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just... They're talking... They're, they're reminiscing and, like, recalling back uh, when they used to go to their uncle's place. And their uncle was pretty rad because he went all, all across the world and told him the stories that he of the places he saw. Uh, and he, uh, they, he'd go up to a... He had a cot like a house up in the uh, up in the mountains in mm-hmm. the woods, uh, in Washington, and uh, they were they went out cod fishing um, by the river, uh, and then uh, they were tr- uh, trying to work on his car, I believe. Yeah, so he does like they go fishing. They uh, he tells stories and like they work on the the on his on his car. And uh, uh, then it's get it's getting pretty. It's it's a little bit early in the in the in the evening uh, when he's sent to go uh, like go up to his bed mm-hmm. um, because uh, the uncle says that like they want to go fishing before he has to leave tomorrow uh, the next day. And so that night um, he he gets he wakes up uh, and goes downstairs because uh, he hears something or he gets a weird feeling. Goes down to the uh, living room and looks out the window to the porch and sees that his uncle's out there just staring out at the darkness um, with a shotgun in hand mm-hmm. and a bucket of red stuff in the, in, in the, at his feet. And he's looking out at the, um, the woods, but also looking out at the shed that, he has been, that the narrator has been told by his uncle never to go near. Mm-hmm. And it has, uh, it's always been locked and stuff, and it's like wide open. Mm-hmm. And uh, he thinks he sees the glint of metal, but then something else catches his eye coming out of the woods, and it's this uh, large amorphous, this pale amorphous th- figure um, oozes out of the forest and starts and uh, climb, uh, goes up to uh, the uncle, um, 
And the uncle has like a kind of a, an aggressive conversation with it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, basically like tell it, like giving, offering this like bucket of presumably, well, it's later stated that it's like dog meat mm-hmm. that he had to kill a dog to get, uh, like the, his, the, this thing's food. To, and so we kind of like glean that like the uncle's basically been feeding this creature to like stave it off. Mm-hmm. And it eats the food like, uh, like, generously and then uh stands there and like looks at the at the at at the uncle like expectantly like no come on you've eaten now go away and like he has to fire off a couple of shots um to get it to move Mm -hmm. and so um after it finally leaves the uncle just drops to the ground like just starts weeping and our narrator who's inside um like jumps back a little bit and just like what the fuck was that Goes back upstairs and uh, like goes into his bed, but not before too long. Before a uh, there's a rap tap tap on the window, and he looks over and the creature's staring at him <laughs> um, hungrily, <laughs> uh, like it's try and it's trying to use, with its like slimy like amorphous body. It tries to open the window, um, and that's when the uh, like he's just, the kids like trying to ner- get up the nerve to like run over there and like close the window, but not before the uncle bursts through the door and fires two shots out the window. <laughs> um, our narrator throws the blankets over his head, uh, and uh, then is so they grab, but then like it turns out it's a hug from his uncle as his uncle's like weeping and like saying he's sorry for bringing him into all this. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next day, uh, he's going home. Uh, the uncle whispers something to his dad, and he never goes back to the uncle's place. Uh, then we fast forward to a couple of years, like years later. Yeah. Um, uh, it just in passing at a family gathering, he asks his mom about what happened to his uncle, mm-hmm. and she says that he just died. But then, more prodding uh, is that he, uh, uh, they the cops found him. Uh, or like went to his uh, his house and found that it had been broken into, but that he had shot himself mm-hmm. with the shotgun. And uh, then he starts kind of delving. He he decides to like go out to the uh, uh, he goes to the the police station at the local town, um, rolls a persuade check, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, gets uh, gets to check out the uh, the no- the finer notes. Um, there's some like inconsistencies about it. Uh, and so then he decides to go up to the house itself, and it's just been completely run down since, like, his, the uncle died, like, a year after he, like, his last visit. Um, and he, he goes into this, like, decrepit, uh, derelict, ruined house, and, uh, stumbles upon a, uh, a, a loose floorboard where there is a book, like a scrapbook, of mm-hmm. all these newspaper clippings of missing kids and missing yeah, actually, a lot, most of them are missing kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, how they, the kids were just, were not, like, they, the, whoever did it would just, like, got in, left no trace, and just took the kid. And the only thing that they ever found was, like, clear, like, a clear liquid. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's getting creeped out. It's getting close. It's getting certain, night's starting to, to descend. So he starts leaving. And then he hears something in the, in the woods. And, that's when the creature comes out uh, comes out of the woods and it's got somebody inside of it like and that's digesting um and it looks like it has 
it's it's connected to like a, a larger entity somewhere else, somewhere in the woods. Like it's part of a bigger thing. Like it's this thing that's been like that came out to the uncle or came out to him is just a small appendage of something bigger out in the woods. So uh, he nopes out. He runs. He flees. And he makes it home and just, like, doesn't leave his house for a couple of days. Um, apparently there's a fire in the forest that burns down the house and burns down, like, a good chunk of the forest. And he hopes that that will, would have killed the creature. But then um, missing people, missing kids' uh, reports start coming in from local towns around that area uh, with the same M.O. of the mm-hmm. creature. So it's still out there. Uh, and that's where the story kind of ends. Mm-hmm. So, let's go into everyone expects the Grab Inquisitions at this point. Uh, Nathan wasn't much older than my dad, whom was in his late 30s, but he certainly looked older. So, recently sat down and refreshed myself on this, but the whom mm-hmm. should actually be a, a just a who. Uh, basically, the rule of thumb is when him or her could be replaced with the word rather than he or she, in a sentence, that's when you use whom over mm-hmm. who. Mm-hmm. So, him, her is whom. He, her is who. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I should have said that because I was like, it, it's always kind of bugged me. And I like, I, I remember like in English class, like being told about it, but I just like had to refresh myself. And then I found this, like, little, like, rhyme online on how to, like, figure it out. So, mm-hmm. uh, the next thing is, uh, it head snaked from its body and sat inches from Nathan's face. Uh, it's supposed to be its head. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, the next one, as I stared at the ceiling that I became aware of a light scratching on the window. So, I think it's, you need to get rid of the, that, and add a comma. So it's, as I stared at the ceiling, comma, I watched, or I became aware, yeah, I became aware of a light scratching at the window. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my, my next one, which is super nitpicky, uh, I wanted to scream, but it felt as though every muscle in my body had locked up. So yeah, nitpick, I feel that it um, like when it says like, but it felt as though every muscle in my body should be just be replaced with, I felt that yeah. every muscle in my body, since it is used a lot to describe the creature in the <laughs> story, and you don't want to create confusion like between like who what what is what what is uh, feeling things. <laughs> um, also, the, this uses a lot of he and it at the beginning of sentences, mm-hmm. like throughout the story. It could be worked on to help uh, the story be more, be less repetitive. Uh-huh. Like maybe give the character a name, or like make give the make, make a little bit more descriptor of, of the creature when it when it's uh, when you're mentioning it. Uh-huh. So and that's my thing on that. Uh, the next one is the space beneath with filled with piles of rotten paper. So it's supposed to be, was filled with rotten paper, not with. Uh, and then this one is, but a cold chill rang down my neck, or, yeah, but a cold chill rang down my spine, 
when I got a better look at it. So it's supposed to be ran down my spine, mm-hmm. not rang, like not ringing sweat down his or a cold chill down his spine. Unless it's vibrating. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean... Yeah, I guess so, but I mean, at the same time, like, usually the, the, the word is ran. Yeah. <laughs> like, a pair of pearl-white teeth curling into a vicious smile. Pear or set? It's pear. Is it a pear? A pair of white teeth? Well... Or a pair Based of on the monster, yeah. Multiple mouths. No, no, that's that's. What I mean, like, because like when I think of pair, when I'm thinking of pair in this, I'm thinking it's just like two teeth. <laughs> <laughs> you hear what I'm saying, right? Yeah, but it could very well be a pair of two sets of teeth. Then just say a set of white, uh, a set of pearl white teeth, because that way it, it it rings. That's a set of teeth, like an actual mouth. But it could be two mouths. Okay, then have a pair of a set of pearly teeth, then <laughs> like combined and curled into a vicious smile. <laughs> that, that that would be right. like it just mm-hmm. yeah a little confusing. Also, might be a nitpick, but mm-hmm. um, and then my final grammar inquisition: the old Victorian was destroyed along with half the woodlands in a massive forest fire. Uh, so, okay, prior to this this being mentioned, uh, it was discussing his desire to kill the creature. And then, next paragraph, we get this. I feel like this needed recently. The old Victorian was destroyed mm-hmm. at the beginning of the story. Mm-hmm. Like, recently. Um, to, something to segue this update. Because, like, it's, like, you're reading the first, like, the, like, the last one where he's, like, kind of grieving and, like, I should have done something. I, I want to do something. I want to kill this creature. The Victorian's destroyed. <laughs> and, like, there's a forest fire. I was like, wait, oh, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. there was, like, no, like, real segue between no, those two no paragraphs. No transition. Yeah. It's just, I want to do something, and then it's done. Like, yeah. <laughs> like there's no update. Like, like no, like, divider line or, like, like to say the passage of time had happened. Just, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and that's my grammar positions. So, Mikey, these dents are evil. What do you got? How many it's? Uh, do you have an it story? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that'd be the entire good story. <laughs> Back by popular demand, I have an it story. You actually? Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I will start with a grammar inquisition that has I miss? it's, and it actually is what sort of prompted the it story. Because this is the beginning of a paragraph. Yeah. It looked at it. For a moment before another had emerged from it. Ah, ah. <laughs> and like in context to that story, like it's the creature like looking It is the creature looking yeah. at itself, right? No. What is it looking at? It's looking at a bucket. Oh, it's looking at the bucket. Yeah, that yeah, like okay, yeah, this story does yeah, this story does suffer a lot from like using just he and it. Like as a of, like as the object of the courage, and like you need to like give us more than just he and it. Mm-hmm. All right, so I guess I'm just the it story. Yes, carrying on. I'm just gonna get a blanket pillow. <laughs> Tell me a story. <laughs> it was then that I noticed the shotgun in his right hand, cold steel shimmering in the sunset light. 
It was a shabbily built mess that Nathan had always kept locked and bolted tight with several chains. It had to have been seven feet tall, its limbs stretching and morphing as it moved. Its body was deathly white, composed of some amorphous substance not unlike gelatin. Its head, if it could be described as such, looked down upon him. It looked at it for a moment before another head emerged from it, diving into the bucket and consuming the fluid with a loud slurp. Its grotesque, pearly white teeth shone brightly in the waning sunlight. It edged closer towards Nathan, whose form seemed so much smaller than the beast now. It had snaked from its body and sat inches from Nathan's face. It was so close I could see the organs and limbs forming beneath its disgusting pale translucent skin. Its cancerous form was planted firmly against the window, a single arm protruding outwards and scraping the glass. Its mouths all curled into devilish smiles as it stared at me, slime dripping and smearing against the window. It was almost like a scrapbook, but it contained a fairly large amount of newspaper clippings, most of them dated to after my last stay with Nathan. Its limbs splayed about like a spider, it dragged itself out onto the barren field. That is one terrifying scrapbook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the old, like, that my takeaway from that was that it was a ter- it was a scrapbook. Yeah. <laughs> Holy God. <laughs> yeah. No. The, yeah. This story like definitely needs uh, like a once over and fix those and like add a few more like objective like terms like to replace those its. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, it's just like, hey, yeah, what are we, what are we looking at <laughs> yeah. when we're reading the story? Um, all right, is that your, is that your, your uh, grammar positions? Yes. Okay, <laughs> that was a beautiful story. <laughs> um, onward to actual thoughts. So uh, I just have one actual thought, and then I have a segment. Um, but the actual thought I do have uh, is a multi-parter too. <laughs> So uh, okay, so anyway, so go into this. Uh, he always talked about people he met or the culture he experienced. Oftentimes, while we fished for cod in the nearby river. Okay, two things here. Number one, uh, this is technically a grammar position. Would it be cultures, or wouldn't it be cultures, not culture? Because you globe trotting and telling stories about your globe trotting. So you, it wasn't one singular culture you were talking about. Yeah, Un- unless uh, people uh, you can get away with because people can be plural, like and singular uh, at the same time. Uh, unless it's culture, as in the culture of the human race, and that creature is actually an alien, like Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> Because no, it's just talking about like how Nathan would tell the narrator, um, 
the different like cultures and peoples that he he encountered on his globe trotting. So yeah, yeah, so it's cultures. Yeah. Uh, and then the second one is, uh, I don't think cod are a river fish. <laughs> I really only connect them to coastal oceans. I actually Googled Washington fish species and couldn't locate cod in the list. Um, this is really nitpicky, but it just stuck out to me for some reason. Um, like I was like, and maybe it's because like again, like I recently went to, like I went to Newfoundland like a couple of years ago, and like cod is a big thing out there, and I learned a lot about cod while I was out there, and so mm-hmm. just, like. When I think of cod, I think of the ocean. I don't think of rivers. Uh, mind you, it is Washington, so like a river could go out. Like the, one of the, the rivers could go out to the coast. But again, I, I've never. I didn't. I I, I did search up um, like fish species and stuff like that. And I did not come across anything that said cod. So mm-hmm. it was just. It's really nitpicky, but it stuck out for a personal reason. Mm-hmm. So I had to. I had to bring it up. And now we're going to go into a special little segment I like to call the Cultist Corner. So I mentioned earlier that my buddy sent me a, a sent a, suggested this one to us, and I, I was uh, and I found out why as I read the story. Um, so let's just go and dive right into the Cultist Corner here. Uh, its body was deathly white, composed of some amorphous substance not unlike gelatin. Human-like eyes peppered its form, moving to and fro in a bizarre frenzy until eventually settling on Nathan. A set of teeth, partly human and partly animal, emerged from the creature. Yeah! Shoggoth in a creep pasta! Woo! It's a Shoggoth. Mm. It's legitimately, like, the first thing I thought of when I, when I read this description. This thing is, like, legitimately a Shoggoth creature. Um, next one. Uh, Nathan stood there for a moment. He stared into the distance like a statue, the wind blowing through the clearing in a shrieking crescendo. I watched him collapse onto the porch, head between his hands, as he wept. I moved away from the window, unsure what to think. Perhaps crapping yourself in fear might be the option, as I'm sure you and Nathan had to roll a sanity uh, a sanity check from that encounter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, next one. When I asked her about him, she unceremoniously told me he died. When I pressed her about it later... She said he died under bizarre circumstances about a year after my last visit. Curious, I decided to investigate further. Ah, yes. The start of a good old-fashioned Call of Cthulhu scenario. Um, I checked in... <clears throat> Sorry. I checked into the local police station and managed to sweet-talk the receptionist into letting me look over the files. Ah, so you rolled well on your persuade or diplomacy check. Mm-hmm. Um... The report stated that the house showed signs of forced entry, yet Nathan had apparently died of a self-inflicted shotgun wound. So, so as the Shoggoth came into the house, Nathan failed his last hard sanity check and just chose the easy route. Uh, the next one. The house was equally destroyed. Graffiti and peeling paint coating the, its monolithic walls. I broke open the door and poked around for a few hours. I still found nothing, apart from an insane amount of cobwebs and dust. 
a very nice staple setting for his Call of Cthulhu scenario. It's just a decrepit Victorian home in the woods mm-hmm. that has like decades of like of like um, neglect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I rummaged through the mess and found a small leather-bound book. It almost it was almost like a scrapbook, but it contained a fairly large amount of newspaper clippings. Most of them dated to after my last stay with Nathan. Strange or forbidden tome? Discovered? Check. Creepy newspaper clippings involving the mythos connection? Double check. I was unnerved, to say the least. I quickly grabbed my things and left the building. So the sanity check has been rolled and passed. Player is attempting to nope out of the scenario. (laughs) Uh, The next one. I thought it might be a coyote or a mountain lion, but a cold chill ran down my spine when I got a better look at it. Awareness or spot check has been called for. Rolled past. Sanity roll expected. <laughs> um, I could see something beneath the translucent skin. Something eerily human. I tried to tell myself it wasn't moving. I tried to forget the muffled screams. Sanity roll passed. Or at least the sand loss has been suppressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can actually do that now in Delta Green. Hmm. You, can, uh, you can just either project your your sand loss on a bond, so like on a family member or a friend, <laughs> or your memory or your relationship on a, fa- a family member or something. Or you can just straight up like suppress. It's like, no, I didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> but you can. I think for that one, you can only do it once. Mm-hmm. Um, where is the next thing? Uh, uh, while I've considered the idea of returning to try and kill the creature, I have little doubt I'd suffer the same fate as my uncle. Just need to hire a group of random investigators to go out there, perhaps a wealthy but bored dilettante, a restless occult professor, and a crusty old fisherman. Yeah, this this entire fucking story just rang as a Call of Cthulhu scenario to me. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I'm just reading a Lovecraft story <laughs> or a like uh, a call of, like a Delta Green game. <laughs> um, so that's my actual thoughts, <laughs> and my cultist corner is done. <laughs> so, Mikey, what do you got? Uh, all right. So, my my thoughts on the creature because I haven't read a whole lot of H.P. Lovecraft, so. Yeah. I am a, a fair... Oh, oh, I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm an aficionado. So, uh, yeah, Shoggoth is not in my uh, lexicon. Fair enough. So, to me, the monster was actually a mini albino dogscape. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you need the dogs. <laughs> and then he switched to human puppies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 yep. <clears throat> what's scary? What's creepier about this creature is that, like, at the end, we find out that there's actually like a giant tubular like connection to it mm-hmm. that goes deeper into the woods. So what we were encountering throughout the story was just like a smaller part of it. Yeah, <laughs> like so that's it. what's creepier. Like, there's a bigger like mat, like a bigger shoggoth in the background, or like a bigger dogscape mass <laughs> deeper in the woods. <laughs> Well, it's had years to grow. And... That's true, and it's gone through like a crap ton of uh, of missing kids. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, it was actually kind of funny because I was like, 
when we got to the newspaper clipping section, like the the the, uh, the scrapbook, mm-hmm. I I was expecting it like when, before it gave me the detail that like clear slime was found uh, at the scene of the crimes. Mm-hmm. I was expecting that it was actually Nathan that was breaking into other into people's homes and taking the kids mm-hmm. because he what he because of what he had done to the dog. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that like Nathan, because like, Nathan was such a nice guy. Uh, also, when starting this, like Nathan's such a nice guy. It's like, okay, so Nathan's hiding something dark and secret, or mm-hmm. going to die at the end of this, and then both happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, like I, like I was, like I I, I kind of felt I, I didn't want Nathan to like be that kind of person where like he just like he was straight up kidnapping children and feeding them to this mm-hmm. thing. So I'm glad that the creature was the one perpetrating those. Yeah. Well, at least it's insinuated that like that, but yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> well, based on what we're given, it seems like Nathan treated it as a pet. Yeah, I, I kind to of to a degree. I, I I thought less of a pet and more of just like he's doing it because it's staving off going after him. Like he's basically set, like, um. Saving his own skin, because so far it's only so far he's been able to get by by just giving it like animals. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's like like I, I guess like yeah, I guess it, he might have seen it as a pet. like it might have been like kind of a like a weird deranged pet kind of mm-hmm. element to it. But to me, it was a little bit stronger if it was, like that. It was uh, there's a little bit more like influence that it was a. Kind of like basically keeping him hostage and like making him go out and get food for it. Well, I saw more of the, like the, the pet side of things. Yeah, and then, um, basically, Nathan didn't want it going after narrator man. Yeah, so that's why we had the scene where it's like get out of here, and then that causes the when it comes back to the window it's like ooh this is what you don't want me to see yeah and, and then... that was really creepy <laughs> like okay, like well, yeah when 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 the kids at the at the at the window looking out at the porch i was expecting mm-hmm. us to see like the like an eyeball like look at him or something like that and like or like him duck after duck under cuz he Thought the creature might have seen him, but when that didn't happen, I was like, oh, "Okay, I guess I'm not doing that." And then when he goes up to the bedroom, and it's like, "I saw you all along." <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was a good part. <laughs> yeah. So so basically, the at that point, the the monsters intrigued. Yeah. About children. Yeah, he, 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 he he's jumped up the uh, the food chain. <laughs> he's no longer he no longer wants dog. He wants kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. Which explains why he goes after kids later yeah, on. Exactly, yeah. And it was really just searching for that for narrator man the entire time. Yeah. Yeah, cuz I was gonna, I was almost was like, oh, he's got a god, he's got a taste for children. Without actually tasting children first, <laughs> just like he's he saw the he he saw a delectable meal, and now he's trying to find that delectable meal. <laughs> well, and that there could theoretically be a bit of supernatural side, like maybe Nathan had something, like say in his blood or something, that allowed him to mm. sort of communicate with the creature. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we, and, we know nothing about, like, 
where what they're at, like where, like how Nathan came across this creature. It's just mm-hmm. like kind of an out of context like creepy factor of like, oh yeah, your 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 super friendly like awesome uncle has this dark secret while is back at his house in the woods. Yeah, yeah, and, and saying that it could just be the creature wanting a new master. Oh, and Except. because. <laughs> The kid is related by blood. Oh, okay. He has the gene or whatever that can control it. That's why I didn't eat him in the woods when he, mm-hmm. when he was older and came back. Because, like, I think it, like, doesn't he just, like, basically nope out in that mm-hmm. part? Like, he doesn't even, like, the creature doesn't really, like, it doesn't move. And it, it gets out into the clearing and, like like, confronts him. But, like, I don't think there's anything really, inv- like, there's no actual action involved. The kid... It actually lets him basically like run to his car and get the hell out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. So like, yeah, maybe it's like bonded to it. Like maybe it's like a bonded by blood. Mm-hmm. So maybe if there's a sequel, we'd get something like that. Maybe uh, narrator person who I'm sure we'll get a name that at that point um, hires a, a team to go out and help him hunt down <laughs> the thing, and then it's revealed that like he realizes like as the story goes that he's actually like. Bonds with the creature and goes and just rolls that last hard sand check, fails, and then becomes a cultist. <laughs> <laughs> becomes like, wor- like becomes like worse than Nathan. Whereas like Nathan was trying to protect people from this thing, he just like sort of, it just embellishes uh, his like bloodline control of this creature. So that's my sort of actual thoughts. On okay, this. I took a different route, obviously. Yeah. So yeah, with the pet roll, I kind of feel bad about the creature because, like, it, like just imagine like a puppy coming or like a dog, like a very exu- a large exuberant dog, bursting into your home and then ah, <laughs> like just like really, and then your owner just get like off himself because you're like so terrible. <laughs> the poor little amorphous monster, the poor little shaga. <laughs> He just wanted his owner. He just wanted his owner's acknowledgement. Uh, that's so dumb. Oh okay. yeah. All right. So I guess final thoughts then. Um, it's weird not having a third, third opinion mm-hmm. on the matter. Yeah. So this is a quote from the last quote of the story. The last sentence of the story, rather. Uh, the only thing they could find was translucent slime slathered on the children's windows. So this story has Lovecraftian horror and a Call of Cthulhu game scenario written all over it for me, personally. It re- it was really fun to read. Uh, it was really fun reading this, and I could easily see the um, like see it as a uh, a seed or the start of a Shoggoth scenario. Um, I'm not sure if it was intended that way, but if it's pretty clear to me that if this was not, like, if the, if the writer isn't familiar with Shagos or, or Call of Cthulhu or any of that, this was a very happy coincidence. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a fair amount of grammar and spelling issues, like again, like the it's and mm-hmm. the he's and some of that, and there's a, a number of, of grammar of grammar grammar issues. Like mm-hmm. minor ones, but ones that like a, a Passover would would fix. And I do feel like there are sections that could be elaborated upon, like the investigation portion 
did feel a little bit paraphrased or skimmed over. Um, also, the kids' initial viewing of the creature from downstairs in the house, uh, looking out at the porch, like that whole, like his busy observation of what's going, what's transpiring on the porch. Um, I didn't get a strong sense of fear or terror from the character, mm-hmm. rather just kind of a passive observer um, mm-hmm. at what was happening. Not until the window encounter upstairs does the atmosphere of fear, atmosphere, <laughs> really kick in for me. Like, because like that point, like, like I, I kind of had inklings down downstairs. It's like he's going to go upstairs, and the creature's going to pop up on the, by the window. I, I kind of knew that I had an inkling that that might happen, and I was really excited when that actually did happen. It's like I saw you, <laughs> little morsel. <laughs> um. So yeah, I really I really enjoyed that. Like that's when it really kind of kicked into gear. I don't know if like I don't know if it's because like there like there wasn't as much fear at the and down the like at the observation of the creature, but I felt like there should have been some kind of like a little bit more description on like the kid like freaking out mm-hmm. inside like silently or trying to muffle his like terror of like seeing this creature and have seeing his his uncle deal with it. Um before going upstairs, and then, like, this, his secondary confrontation with the creature. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that stuff aside, I recommend the story. Um, especially if you're a GM or a player of Call of Cthulhu, or the Delta Green tabletop RPG, like, you'll, you'll get the story. Or you'll, you'll get, you'll see the, you'll see the connections. Um, and, yeah, like, as a, as a Call of Cthulhu, like, fan, or, like, the Lovecraftian, like, horror fan, um, this story really spoke to me, so mm-hmm. uh, a little prejudice, I guess, or a little biased, but I recommend wholeheartedly. Ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little too far. Maybe maybe like an eight out of ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you maybe, about, maybe about an eighty percent, and that just twenty percent is just because of all like some of the bad grammar and mm-hmm. and such. Yeah. So I was sort of left wanting a bit more yeah. from this, and I think you hit the nail on the head with the whole atmosphere quote. Like, to me, the the story just didn't give me any real creep factor until... Until the window. The window, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, shotgun, awesome. scene, <laughs> uh, scene end, and then no more real creep, except until later when he goes... Face by to face in it, and then just nope's out. Yeah, like that window scene is just such an icon. Like I've I, I've 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 heard games that happen like that. I've seen stuff that's happened like that. It's just such an iconic scenario, like mini scenario in that spot where like the thing is trying to get into the house, and then like the doors kicked open, and the uncle comes running in with the shotgun and fires a couple of shots off at the shotgun. <laughs> like that's happening. I'm I'm sure that's happening in a Delta Green campaign. Some somewhere else in, in internet land, like yeah, oh. but yeah, like the, there are other spots of the story. Like again, like when uh, this and the other time it kind of gets there is is the end is the end confrontation because like mm-hmm. um, we do get like like he, the things eating somebody mm-hmm. as he's like as it's confronting him, and then it's we also find out the other dread revelation of. It's not just this thing. It's actually this is just a smaller part of a bigger thing. Like that's also a cre- even creepier. 
But it's not as effective. It's somehow not as effective as that window seat. Mm-hmm. Like that window seat is the like is like you struck gold right there. But yeah, it it does need uh, a little bit of work in um, uh, just like having the character like like having the 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 reader feel some creep. Mm-hmm. You know, it would have been interesting is if the guy inside the creature. Was Nathan? Oh, oh! <laughs> but he's been—he's been in there. I'm like, oh, like he's integrated into the creature. It's not like he's being digested. He's like—it's like a flood form. Like basically, like it's like Commander Keys, who's like just like, like just like part of the biomass now. <laughs> oh yeah, like his like head, his face stuck like kind of like like sticks out a little bit like more, and you and then like our narrator sees that it's Nathan, like ha- head half it's blown off by like a shotgun blast. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be really fucking good. <laughs> yeah, that I, I'd be down with that. Um, control delete if you're listening. Maybe add that. <laughs> like, just to add that extra. Like, be like, yeah, maybe like, maybe in the report, like, oh no, because we well, like the, maybe the body was like I went missing. Yeah, like because everything like the death was under bizarre circumstances. So maybe like the cops like arrived at the house. To find that somebody had broken in, and then but he had shot himself, and then when they brought him and they, they did all the autopsy and all that stuff, um, something went, broke into the morgue and took the body <laughs> and all the other bodies because <laughs> it's hungry. They need a snack. <laughs> Breaking energy is tired work. <laughs> so just like anyway, yeah, no, like like that would be really good. Like that would be like some further investigation like reveals that like. Yeah, like the the morgue got broke into, like, and the body was never recovered. Mm-hmm. Oh, that that would be really <laughs> fucking creepy. Just like, <laughs> like, or and then, like it starts mouthing like uh, the narrator's name, <laughs> like, oh god, <laughs> like his consciousness is somehow still in there. Uh yeah, yeah, I'm down with that. That is that is tight. <laughs> that has a nice add to the atmosphere of the story. Way to go, Mikey. <laughs> you don't always ruin things. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, as it is, for me, it's just a partial recommendation. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I, I, as we were reading it, like, I, I initially had, like, full recommendation, and then I was like, as I'm reading it, I was like, as we went into it, I was like, yeah, you know, those it's those it's are really glaring. <laughs> those it's and he's, and like, yeah, that's pretty glaring. <laughs> Yeah, I had to like step back from the from the from the fanatic cult or cultist uh, viewpoint, because mm-hmm. like I I want I I dove deep end into the uh, Cthulhu makes it better <laughs> um, side of my opinion. <laughs> um, but yeah, all right. So semi like basically mostly recommend and partial recommend. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Well, uh, that's it for this week's episode. If you like what you heard, or if you didn't, leave us a comment in the comment section below where this gets posted. Whether it be on Kiwi6, Facebook, YouTube, or Tumblr. Uh, we're on iTunes, so help us spread like a virus by giving us a rating and review. Uh, you can also uh, contact us on Twitter. Uh, Mikey is at East Ends for Evil. Is it East Ends for Evil or The East Ends for Evil? East Ends for Evil. Okay. East Ends for Evil, uh, and I'm at Review Cultist. And if you'd like to send an email to us, 
send it to aldenterewards at gmail.com. That's A-L-D-N-T-E-R-I-G-A-M-O-R-T-I-S at gmail.com, where you can also leave us suggestions for other creepypastas you'd like us to discuss on the show. If you'd like to help support the show, you can go to Patreon, look up Aldente Rumortis on Patreon, and select the backer tier you'd like to support us at. We have $2 and $5 tier with early access episodes and extra special episodes uh, by myself and my co-host separately. So, um, also, if you'd like to check out the show, the show's art, you can go to crazonstudios.tumblr.com or our YouTube channel, uh, El Dente Rigamortis, where you can check out the videos of each episode, which are the title card and the, the, uh, the audio smashed together. Until next time, I have been your host, Review Cultist. And I'm Mikey, the East Ends for Evil. And this has been El Dente Rigamortis. Sleep well.